0: This episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Beef. Listen up, foodies. Make your next meal even better with real Nebraska beef. They have healthy, tender, delicious Italian heritage beef, grass-fed and sustainably raised on lush pastures in the Midwest. You can even create your own personally curated meat box that's shipped right to your door. To get two free steaks with any purchase over $50, use the code FREEBEEF at checkout. Learn more and shop exclusively at cpbeef.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Bear. The hit series returns with Jeremy Allen White in the Golden Globe winning role of Carmi. He and the team will transform their family sandwich shop into a next level spot, all while being forced to come together in new ways as they confront their past and reckon with who they want to be in the future. FX's The Bear. All episodes now streaming only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to One for the Road with me, Sober Dave. I'm going to be talking to some incredible guests over the next few weeks, all of whom have made the decision to look at their relationship with alcohol and take steps towards a positive change. My guests are all at different points in their journey, but all have powerful and uplifting stories to share. And that's why I hope you find each episode a valuable source of inspiration and insight. My amazing sponsors for Season 2 of One For The Road are Rock Sober, a brand established in 2017 and led by brothers Sean and Lee, who are both in recovery and on a shared mission to inspire and support recovering addicts worldwide. Injecting rock and roll into sobriety, Rock Sober offers merchandise and accessories to inspire and empower its community of sober badasses. The boys have recently launched a new range of alcohol-free beers which are taking the market by storm. Every beer purchased will help Rock Sober on their mission to support and inspire more people in recovery. Their message is clear you don't need alcohol to have a good time. So let's all rock sober and remember the good times with Rock Sober AF Drink. My guest today on One for the Road is a TV presenter, a documentary maker. And an absolute gem of a woman. Please welcome Jerry Healy. Hi, Cherry. Welcome to my podcast, One for the Road. And I'm absolutely made up that you've joined me today. How are you?
1: I'm really well. I'm really, I'm really made up to be here because I feel like we're already buddies because we've connected on Instagram, and I just love the message you're giving out. And so when you asked me, I was so happy.
0: I know, and I, I was just keeping my fingers crossed because I didn't know because, you know, I've sort of curtain twitched your Instagram here and there, and I know that you did Dry January, and, uh, and then I started doing a little bit of interrogation. You know, I wasn't stalking you, but. I I, <laughs> I look back and and I've seen that you've done a couple of documentaries on alcohol and I think the first one was Cherry Goes Drinking, uh, and the other one was Old oh Before My Time. And I'm, I will say that I haven't seen that before, and mm-hmm. I've watched half of it this morning, and uh, it highlights the dangers of drinking. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the boys, we went to we went to visit lots of people who had different conditions that were making them prematurely aged, but severely um, prematurely aged. And one of the subjects we covered was alcohol. We went to, we went to hang out with some really young guys, like uni guys, and one of them, and they're like their whole, their whole dance, you know, like uni bands. their whole thing was like going out drinking, like really hardcore. And one of the guys had been diagnosed with pancreatitis. I didn't at the time know what pancreatitis was. But it's really, really serious. And you don't really, it's very difficult, if if not impossible, to treat it. And yet I don't think he really, he he said, I'm so, I'm so scared of being thrown out of our friendship group that I would rather go drinking, even though I know that I've got pancreatitis. And I don't know what's happened to that man boy, but um, I think probably he's he's very unwell, if not worse. But he, we, he went out, he got absolutely, can I swear on this? Yes. Well, really, he just got shit-faced. And I just watched him get absolute. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I just thought, this is, sui- it's actually suicide. But he was so scared of losing his friends and the kind of follow on from that. I was like, and I didn't really have this revelation at the time, but I thought, in fact, I'm only kind of having it right now. That boy would rather die than be than be locked out of his friendship group. And that friendship group, requires drinking mm. that's just the that was just how it was that is just what it was
0: it's really scary because by the time this podcast is aired I would have done this talk in a college that is this Monday and it, and it's uh, aimed at 16 to 19 year old people that have been a similar mindset of actually I, I would feel really like awkward to turn a drink down especially for boys you know Yeah, it it would be like, What's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? And so they would rather escape that conversation and have a drink and get absolutely pissed. You know what I mean?
1: Where does does that come from? I mean, is it the does it go as far back as Vikings,
0: cavemen, maybe?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I suppose it's like we all like to lose ourselves a bit, which is so funny because. Actually, the older I've got, and as you know, like I, I stopped drinking completely at Christmas because over lockdown, my drinking, my drinking has been escalating over the last, I would say, three or four years. Like I've noticed I never used to drink at home. And then I remember having, a real, I remember when I had my daughter, this was like 10 years ago, and I was so tired. I remember having, I remember the day that I had a glass of wine at home. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I can drink at home. Now, at the time, it was so exciting because I just didn't ever consider it. First, I didn't have enough money, really, to drink a lot of alcohol. And I was working as a runner at the BBC and then i a researcher and then an, um, an AP. So I was really, really busy. My friends didn't have any money either. So we didn't drink loads because we were all working incredibly hard. In our, and I was so ridiculously passionate about working in television. And at that time, I was behind the cameras. Alcohol just didn't play a part in my life, really. And then I had... My daughter and I started earning a bit more money. I was at home a lot more, so being out drinking was never really a problem for me. Because at first, also I love dancing. So the minute the music's on, mm.
0: yeah, the
1: last thing I'm going to be doing is queuing at the bar. What are you crazy? This is my jam. I just never drank. Like at uni, I didn't drink at uni. I hung out with these like evangelical Christians, and we were in a break dance crew. <laughs> So I was, I break danced my way, broke danced my way through uni. And we you break dancing, you cannot have a drink because you'll kill yourself. Yeah. So I didn't really drink at uni that much. In my 20s, I was obsessed with my career. And then I had kids. And that's really the time when people wind down. <laughs> but it's the opposite for me. It's when I start to wind up because I had this revelation. Oh my God, I'm at home. I've had such a mad day. Like looking after a kid can be so challenging. It can be incredibly boring.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, really stressful at the end of the day, just when you're knackered, that's when you have to do the most activity. So I started to treat myself with a glass of wine, and I was all like, "I can have a glass of wine at home, glass of wine at home. and then gradually gradually, and then unfortunately i had we got I got divorced, which is really stressful i mean my, my the divorce my ex-husband's like the nicest man ever he's divine, but it just wasn't the right future for me,
0: yeah.
1: But then after that, I think instead of instead of finding calm and finding tranquility, I medicated that stress with alcohol and wine at home. And so my my Achilles heel when it comes to alcohol is not drinking out, it's drinking at home and the mum culture of drinking and how acceptable it is, you know, oh, my God, gin o'clock, wine o'clock. Let's have five margaritas before you've even made supper. Oh, and then I'll have another glass of wine. So it started to escalate like that. And I would all and I would never ever drink before I worked. And then that stopped that boundary went as well. So I'd be like, I, I'd go filming and I'd have a glass of wine while we had supper, you know, the team has dinner. And then I'd have a glass of wine or two in my room. And it just escalated to a point where, and then lockdown happened, and I was drinking a bottle of wine a night. Like easy peasy. Like <laughs> Easy peasy. And not my boyfriend, my current partner, I've been with for four and a half years, totally doesn't drink in the week, wouldn't even cross his mind. And during the weekend, he'll have like a couple of cocktails on a Friday night, maybe a glass of wine on Saturday, but that's it. And he's he's been like that for the whole of our relationship. But my drinking, he's been watching it grow and grow and grow. Even though my life has actually become happier and more stable and more tranquil. The drinking, I was caught in the slippery slope, even though my circumstances were getting better drinking had a kind of mind of its own and then at Christmas I the flags just got too loud and I realized that the biggest flag was that I kept saying to myself I'm not going to drink today and then I would drink at five o'clock mm. and I thought shit this is I said it's actually out of control now I never got drunk I never felt too bad the next day but I was living with a constant fogginess I was never like me I'm like this all time um you could tell i'm very high energy i would say i'm quite high joy yeah <laughs> high energy has like a bad connotation to it so i can also be really quiet and really calm but i am high joy <laughs> I, I i'm very very happy to be alive that's my feeling yeah. i yeah. have. and that would that had kind of gone and i was living with a with a kind of get getting through the day. Maybe, maybe invisible to the naked eye, probably lots of times not invisible, like you could you could tell. And at Christmas, I just had a bit of a revelation. My dad, who has struggled with alcohol all his life, which is why when I saw that flag, I didn't ignore it. I was really, really scared because I can see what life, what that life is. Um, and my poor dad really, really suffered quite badly. Um, and it's possible that he saved me. So. Thank you, Dad. Unfortunately, my dad got really ill with pancreatitis, pan- pancreas cancer, and um, and I realised that this, I just couldn't. What was I doing? What was I fucking doing? And I had a couple of really, really intense nights of just really asking for help and like saying. I do not want this to get to the point where I'm in a worse position where I can't just, I don't want to get into a position where this is any worse. Mm. And I do. I believe I'm God. I believe in God. I have like, I don't have a religion. I'm not attached to religion, but I have a very strong belief in God. I don't know why I just do. It's just there. A connection to the source, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so I, I reconnected myself with that very closely anyway. And so, and then I quit alcohol completely and I told everyone because I wanted to be accountable
0: yeah
1: told everyone I told my boyfriend I told my mom um I didn't tell Instagram yet because I just wanted it to be but I told everyone who was around me a lot I told my best friends anyone that hung out with I am not drinking I don't know if I'll ever drink again but I'm not drinking and there were some days that it was difficult and I would say to my boyfriend I really want to drink tonight and just by saying it to him, it helped.
0: Yeah.
1: Just by saying it to him. I didn't mean I didn't want him to police me. I didn't, I just needed to say, I have this real urge to drink tonight. Yeah. And then it was like this that shadow had gone. Anyway, so I did three months and I fucking loved it. <laughs> it was amazing. I got myself back. Yeah. I got joy back. I just was like, I was way more annoying. <laughs> I was so annoying because normally in the evening I'm all like you know by the time kind of half nine comes you know nine o'clock when me and my boyfriend are like sitting on the sofa normally if I've drink drunk wine I'm a bit like boo, boo, doo, boo, boo, doo, boo. but when I was not drinking, I was like hi hey what should we talk about
0: oh my god
1: I was you know and I that obviously calmed down but I was just so happy to have myself back yeah. And then Three months, I started to experiment with, well, can I have like the occasional drink and what will happen then? Mm. And what I found was initially I was, I'd extended Saturday and Sunday to Thursday and Monday. So that became a problem. I was like, okay, so now I need to be really, really disciplined. So that's where I'm at at the moment, Dave. So what I'm doing is do not drink during the week. Love it. Don't even want one, not tempted. I don't think about it. I just don't, I just don't want it. And I'm having I'm allowing myself like a couple of drinks at the weekend. I'm seeing how that's going. Yeah. But I'm also questioning why I even want those. So that's where I'm at.
0: It's really fascinating because after three months, you just explained that you felt absolutely amazing. So can you tell me, did you think I can handle it now or I'm in control of the drinking and I'll be able to moderate? Or did you just think, right, I'm going to see what happens like a little experiment?
1: like a little experiment all the way through my life. I've done like little experiments on myself, like at university, I decided to give up sex and drinking to see what would happen. And that wasn't because I was, (laughs) it wasn't because I was hanging out with evangelical Christians. I think they were almost came second, but I just wanted to see what it was like, you know, in my, in my um, early twenties, you know, late teens, I had discovered sex. It wasn't like I'd had tons, but I had had some sex and some boyfriends some really like loving relationships fortunately but I've done experiments like that all my life like I give up things often in my life to see how I what well, sometimes I'll just go right can I get up at six in the morning for two weeks yeah. let's see what happens when I do that so I'm very experimenting on myself in all things like foods like oh all things so yes it's an experiment at the moment but I'm interrogating it constantly like what I don't know Dave is am I doing it because I personally need the release of getting out of my head. In which case, why? What am I trying to get away from? I think I know the answer to this. Or is it socially? Am I worried that I'll be I'll be weird socially with some of my friends who do drink? So that I need to know like I can drink at the weekends and then pull it back. I don't, I think it's probably a mixture of the two. Why did you decide to cut it out completely rather than try and moderate?
0: Well, I did try and moderate. But I was hardcore. I mean, I was drinking ridiculous amounts of alcohol. To be honest, if I didn't hadn't have met my wife Emma, yeah, I'd probably be dead now. Yeah, uh, because when I lived on my own, I had no one to be accountable to. I was locking myself in, so I had my own party going on. Cherry, it's like ridiculous. Like I would stock up on a Friday and go into my house and come out Monday morning looking like Colombo. Don't
1: you, know. you think that, that home that home drinking? You know, we, we, when we talk about drinking, when, when I do shows about drinking, we, we always use GVs of people in, you know, student towns getting hammered yeah. on the street and falling over in their past dresses. I don't think that's the real problem. I mean, that's the gateway. That is the gateway. But really, when you start drinking at home, like really drinking, that to me is the biggest fucking flag. If that is someone, if that is you, if that is anyone watching yeah. this, or if, when I talk to my friends, like, you got to watch that. That is Dan- to me
0: that's danger zone uh, it, it's dangerous because it's free pouring for a start you know when you go to the bar and you say oh if you kept going up saying can I have a bottle of wine please can I have a bottle of wine <laughs> and you're sitting on your own in the corner they're gonna know go, what's wrong with yeah. that guy you know yeah. but for me it was like um I was I wasn't accountable to anyone and I used to go AWOL with everyone as well so at a certain period I'll go do you know what I'm, I'm going to look at my phone, but only on social media. I'm not going to text anyone in case they ring me up. I mean, how scary is that? Yeah, I'm fine, actually. I'm doing well. How are you? And then it starts ringing. And you're like, no, I won't even be able to talk because I'm so drunk. Oh, it's
1: awful. The shame is so awful. The alcohol is such a wily beast. Yeah. Because I don't like personifying things particularly because I think it gives them too much power. But... Uh, so, so many of the books that I've read have personified alcohol, and it's been—I think it's useful for some people—but it closes all your doors and windows and curtains, and it unplugs your phone, yeah. and it turns—it turns off your phone, puts it on silent, so that it can just have you all to itself. Yeah. I a couple of times that again, like I woke up next morning, I was like, "Shit!" I spoke to mom. Like, was I drunk?
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought, what the, what is this? Yeah. What is. I work so hard to create a good life for myself. Like I stay in touch with my friends. I call everyone back. I go, I do I work out every single morning. I can, I try and be as gentle and as kind as I can to my kids. Like I work really hard. I'm really good with money. I never spend more than I have. Blah, blah, blah. And the drinking was like me smashing my life with a hammer. There's a really good advert on at the moment. I see it all the time and I, I just feel like I wish it was on every post. It's just someone sitting on a huge alcohol bottle, bottle of alcohol, and it says, alcohol will take everything from you. And it's really simple. There's something, it's not quite that phrase, but it's essentially alcohol will just slowly it take everything from you.
0: you of everything. And, uh,
1: and it's very slow. It's you know, very it's
0: slow. It's devious because what devious. you say about drinking indoors, so let's talk about lockdown, right? I remember when we first went into it, it, it was actually quite warm, wasn't it? Lovely. It was beautiful. Marming. So it felt like for a lot of people, it was like a holiday. And then there was that thing, house party, right? So everyone was going on house party, Getting pissed, basically, right? Yeah. And I was looking at it thinking, but I can see how, you know, I'm not one of these people like an ex smoker that's going, eh, "It's the smoke of the devil," and what? Although I do hate it, I will say that. But um, it, it it was. I was watching everyone, and then I started to think, do you know what? The more it went on, the more I could see what was going to happen. You know, throughout the summer. And then it gets its wiry claws into you. And then it's like being in a possessive relationship with someone who's really jealous or something, you know, and they want you all to themselves and that. And then you can't get away because they won't let you away. And in the morning, you wake up and you think, I've got to get out of this relationship. But by lunchtime, you're like, but I love him. Or I love her. And and then by the afternoon, they're wearing their perfume or aftershave and they're luring you in with their do you know what I mean? And by five o'clock, you're back in love again.
1: Yeah, and then you're back. And I agree. I mean, that. that I mean, it got me. It hundred yeah. percent got me. Hundred percent got me. You know, and I do. Like I say, you know, I, I was starting to have alcohol before. I, you know, if I was going filming and I'd have drinks with people in the bar. You know, but really, I'd, I, I'd, I'd be pretty moderate. You know, really moderate. But during lockdown, there was very little filming, so there was very, and there was no school run. Yeah. It wasn't really anything to make you go, shit, I need to pull this in. Yeah. So it was really easy for everyone. And also society gave us every reason in the world to drink. Oh, it's so difficult. Have a drink. Oh, my God, we've got claustrophobia. Have a drink. Oh, homeschooling's a nightmare. Have a drink. Mm. And I feel angry with myself. Not angry. No, I don't. I feel really proud of myself, actually. That's my feeling. I feel frustrated that the messages are so pervasive because when I stopped drinking, we were still in lockdown after Christmas, mm. that joyful, that joyful uh, last lockdown where everyone was like, ah! <laughs> I w- we were still in lockdown. And I'm going to say, and people will punch me in my little face, but I really enjoyed that lockdown. I went running every day. I, even went swimming in the river, even though it was cold. I was like a newborn baby. I was patient with my kids. I slept really well. I created this really lovely evening routine where I would journal while my son was, my daughter was in the bath. We would shout to each other and make each other laugh. I put on this really calming piano music that I love. There was this absolute tranquility in the house. I went to bed at half nine every night. I read loads. It was like, I just, I'm frustrated that I didn't have that experience before. I think my kids would have had a a much calmer home teacher and I would have been super fit and I would. However, I'm also grateful for lockdown because it pushed my drinking into the next level. And I was not busy with my life to ignore it. So it was this kind of perfect storm for me. I was quiet. I was quiet enough to see it and i didn't have i wasn't going out with my phone so i couldn't legitimize it with oh but it's it's jeff's 50th oh it's, got, oh, it's susan's leaving do i had none of that it was just cherry drinking at home on the sofa
0: yeah that was there's it. a documentary there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> cherry drinking at home on the sofa well do you know i made cherry goes drinking that was the first documentary i ever made and we looked at why people drank and that was yeah. almost exactly 10 years ago. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I want to make cherry doesn't go drinking 10 years later. Um
0: I'll be in it. I know in no. it. it's interesting. Um and, and I love the way you think. I think we're quite similar. You know, because I explore myself that sounds wrong. I explore <laughs> myself. Did <that> too? Um, <laughs> um, quite a lot. I do a lot of self-analysis. You know, and for me, that works both ways because it can wear you out, but also it can be really brilliant for finding out the reasons why you do things, you know. So what interests me now is that you've had this three months off. You realised that brought out the best in you. And then you went back to drinking to see if you could manage it. But now you've reached a place where you don't even think about it in the week, which goes to show how strong the, power of the mind is that you can yeah. just because for most people right they've got their opening hours which are mainly in the evening right so if you said to them have a drink at 10 they go oh don't be revolting so why at five do you then think oh it's okay it's wine o'clock now because it's yeah. in the mind you know
1: absolutely that if you can, what I realized when I was first giving up drinking was that was my danger zone five to
0: 8 yeah out window
1: yeah if i can get past 8 so i had lots of different techniques so i would do always every evening do something really lush um when we weren't in lockdown i would spend the money that i would have spent on wine I spent it on a masseuse to come to the house on a Friday evening, which was margarita time. And that was my danger. thing. So I would get a masseuse to come and give me a massage. And I have no apologies for how bougie that sounds because it was cheaper than the wine I had been drinking previously.
0: Self-care.
1: And so I would get through and I would walk around in my dressing gown on a Friday evening, like feeling million dollars and knowing that I would wake up tomorrow feeling even better. (laughs) It was like... Friday evenings became just as fun. Me and my boyfriend put like all the duvets on the on the sofa and we'd watch some really cool sci-fi and get takeaway. And it, so it wasn't, I found, I made sure that I, I gave myself joy. I surrounded myself. A, and during the weekday, every night, a delicious bath with something really gorgeous in it. Something really delicious. Because I think that's the problem is that, that wine, you know, is that about Pavlovian response? Like wine is treat, wine is delicious.
0: Yeah. So when...
1: When I first gave up, I hadn't, I didn't, wasn't doing that. And I really felt this weird silence. I said to my boyfriend, Carl, when I literally in the first week of giving up, I was like, I don't know what to do with this feeling because it's five, six, seven. If you've ever been on an escalator that stopped working and you have to walk up it, that's what it felt like. It felt wrong, it felt uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I wasn't used to being conscious, like really meerkat conscious during those hours and I felt really weird like I was at a party I shouldn't have been to or when someone says a really nasty little bitchy comment to you and then walks off and you're like so I realized that that was the time when I had to be like I love you and do something like delicious light all the candles and just I used all my expensive products in the bath it didn't fucking matter because this was the time to do it mm. and so anyone I always think anyone who's trying to cut down or give up where you're favorite cashmere whatever it like that candle you've been saving you've got to just I would say I don't know how you feel about this ease yourself into a different way of being because it's quite a big jump to go from drinking every day to nothing
0: I love that I absolutely love it because I always say to people stick a tenner 20 quid into a pot yes at the end of the 30 days right you've got 600 quid say 500 You could go away for a weekend or you could do a spa weekend, you know, like really, really treat yourself because drinking is like a a reward to your brain. So when you remove it, it's easily you can become a victim and go, what's in it for me? You know, and that's the real wrong mindset to be because you've got to remind yourself. there's
1: There's this really strong sense of. Oh God! What if I can't have that? And and I'm saying that in that voice. But this is this was me. This was me. I I remember at Christmas getting. I think because I gave up before New Year. But I was like, I had the I had the feeling in me, so I knew I needed to do it. Um, And also, I got really bad acid reflux, so I was like, I need to it I need to stop this now. So I remember sitting there at New Year's Eve with Carl, my boyfriend. We weren't even allowed to really go out. I remember sitting there going, God, it can't even because I had acid reflux, couldn't have rich food. <laughs> I was such a bitch. I sat there going, can't believe I can't even have something nice to eat. And I can't even drink. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what? But as though there was nothing else in the world.
0: I know. You put an old tin mug under the tap and go.
1: <laughs>
0: you know what and I mean?
1: It's like this because my, my enjoyment and my, and my treats well, had been a fairly, for you know, more than a decade, treat, fun, celebration. Oh my gosh, it's my birthday! Oh my gosh, the cat walked in! That's oh my nice. god, I had a bad day. Alcohol, 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 yeah, alcohol. That is what our society says. I also feel like the the you know the blindfold's been taken off me. Yeah. And I look at I look at alcohol adverts, and it's always this Brazilian going da 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 da. da. <laughs> And then she's like, at the end, she's like, Bacardi, or like, whatever, there are other spirits available. Yeah, yeah. But I think well, that's interesting, because I, since I've been, since I've massively reduced my alcohol, I have been more up on the dance floor, and more chatty. So what, you know, yes, it does lower your inhibitions. But if I mean, this, this comes, this comes to a really important thing is that. What if you were someone, and I'm naturally quite a confident person, as I'm sure you can tell. What happens if you want to give up alcohol, but you really, really need it to function in society? What do you do then? What, what advice would you give to someone if they came to because I know you do this, you do coaching. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give to someone if they're like, I cannot go to a social occasion unless I'm slightly pissed or unless I've had a drink?
0: Yeah. Well, you need to find other ways to um help yourself with anxiety, which there are, and also connect with a community get coaching some people go to aa you know that there, there are lots of sources of help and i i'm helping uh, alcohol change uk with a campaign which is stop the stigma of alcoholism yeah, love you know. that. um and sarah drage i'm working with we're talking in a college and because her dad bless him steve he died at the age of 59 which is so yeah. not a lot older than me you know and, and that's because of the shame of it because he didn't feel like he wanted to reach out he felt like a shame that he was drinking and stuff. So we're trying to raise it that actually it's a highly addictive drug that does not discriminate anyone. And it's a highly
1: addictive drug that society tells us that our life will be better yeah. With it. Imagine if imagine if there were adverts and tell you like struggling to have fun, try crack. Yeah, I've a, always said adventure. that.
0: If you <laughs> saw so someone crazy. uh injecting heroin on a bench, well a lot I've had a stressful day. What are you talking about? You'd have something to say, you know.
1: And obviously the addiction isn't in the same in the same category. And I, you know, I, I'm not in any way poo-pooing or shaming, but I think I told a couple of people that no, I i went, I told Instagram that I was giving her alcohol, that I was struggling with it, that it become like I was not finding it a positive thing in my life. I had a couple of people, absolute well-wishers, really good friends, saying, Really, should you be talking about this on Instagram? Really? Really do yeah. And they just because they were looking at me, they were like, This doesn't look good for your profile, doesn't I'll look your, doesn't look good for your brand. Um, and I thought, no, it doesn't. And there are some people who will think, oh, and they'll make up a narrative. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But
1: I what I wanna, and I know you feel at like this too. I wish people could ask for help before it got really bad. I was I lucky weirdly, and I thank my father. Unfortunately, he's passed away, but um, he died. So I had a really, really um visceral example of what happens if you don't say I'm struggling and my poor dad he, he didn't say for a very long time so it got really really bad and so I feel very grateful that I and I'm again naturally thank, thankfully I'm quite an open person anyway mm-hmm. so I was able to ask for help before I think it got too bad it just there were some flags that I could see and I took them really fucking yeah. seriously I want people to be able to say this I isn't this I isn't in a really I, I I'm not in a good space without everyone thinking oh well you're an alcoholic you're alive there's
0: this stigma straight away you see that's that's the thing so they advertise it everywhere christmas cards or they make you believe that um you can relax or dance or have a party with alcohol gives you confidence we all think oh we we need a good night's sleep so i'm gonna have a couple of drinks nightcaps, and whatever it's all absolute rubbish someone
1: has the first thing they do is give you a glass of champagne you have just had you just given birth to new life yeah so i mean don't get me wrong i'll you know i enjoyed it but it's a funny
0: it's a funny way of doing yeah. things it's you know. a reward isn't it yeah. know, but do you know what i think like the difference between men and women are I, I mean i'm a gray area drinking coach which removes the category of you either drink or you're an alcoholic you know so there's a big thing in the middle there which is really interesting
1: what would you say so is is gray area so if you're a gray area drinker is it that point in which you say right i'm i'm not on the park bench which is your classic kind of yeah yeah I mean, yeah not many people end up on the park bench they end up on their sofa yeah at nine o'clock on the third bottle of wine that's the danger zone but is it people who think I'm um, are a different like, like in the way I was, I was like, there are flags here
0: and I'm not happy with it. How 100%. Do I do it? So it, so if I was to say to you when you were drinking, just stop, that's it, you're done, you'd be thinking, actually, I, I don't want to or well, I can't, but you haven't reached a rock bottom, right? So the majority of clients that I have they are in that category where maybe they have a couple of glasses of wine with dinner I spoke to Laura Hamilton who presents Place in the Sun and she just said to me do you know what Dave I just have a couple glasses wine that's it I'm done so I'm okay I said well actually that is over double your units per week and all the health implications and and she didn't know and she's lovely Laura and 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 she's nipped that in the bud now because it's about education but it's also about owning up to yourself and thinking how is alcohol affecting my life is one glass affecting if you're present with your children at bedtime uh if it makes you slightly irritable if as you said in the beginning like about this hazy feeling so you don't have to be drinking a bottle of wine at night you know it could be couple of glasses on a Friday night, but Saturday you feel crap or whatever. And and it's that conversation you need to have with yourself is actually what is it offering me in my life? What what am I
1: trying? Get? So if if I'm really present with you now, like you can feel I'm present. Mm. I can feel I'm present. I'm really here. One glass of wine, I can feel I start to go. Yeah. And I start to go. And I start to go. My big question to myself was, what are you why are you going yeah where are you going where what are you leaving from and that's um, and I mentioned it before we came on air but I realized that I struggle sometimes to exist in the world <laughs> that sounds like quite a big thing to say but I realized now I've had lots of therapy for, for various reasons you know but partly to kind of help me you know um think about how to manage you know dad struggled a lot with alcohol and and that you know has its things but um so I've had therapy for like 10 years on and off. And then when I got divorced, my therapist was incredibly helpful with how to manage that. So I realized that I was drinking to manage, I think, what is anxiety. And I've always thought people who have had anxiety, like have panic attacks. And it's quite acute. Um, and I hate to use that thing. Oh, I have anxiety because it feels like God, everyone does. But so what I think I'm going to phrase it as more is that I'm so
0: yeah, I was going to come on to that. I feel, I feel everything. Yeah, yeah.
1: I feel it too much. So at the end of the day, I'd have, it's like getting a lifeboat and going, oh, yeah. I can stop feeling and I can stop caring. So That's when I gave up drinking in December. I realized that the hardest thing was having to feel the feelings.
0: <laughs> can I, I just add one, one to there? And you could tell me if I'm wrong, right? Because I'm hypersensitive as well, which is a superpower, yeah. if used correctly. Yes, But I was also a huge overthinker and was you because with me, that hypersensitive trait in me would make me think about everything. Think about what someone said that day. Think about how I reacted to this. Think about how I should do this. So when I had a drink, it would actually stop me thinking so much. And that was like a huge relief because it was like voice in my head and I wanted to go shut up how can oh I God. shut it up was by having a drink so when I stopped the voice got louder because I had more to think about because I wasn't blunting my emotions anymore
1: So how did you because that for me the giving up drinking really was a lot easier than I thought it would be yeah because I was treating myself so good the hard thing was to like, oh, now I have to feel the feelings, and I, I catastrophise. I catastrophize. I think, oh my god, that person hasn't called me back, or this person didn't yeah. rehire me for the job. They must have thought I was crap, or they must have thought I was shit, and uh, loads of really negative, yeah, negative, yeah, waste of space. You're so, oh my friends haven't called me for a while. They must hate me. They they've probably got got together in a gang and decided that I'm I'm hopeless.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's very um, difficult. I'm 40 and I'm glad i caught it now. Yeah. But I, I refuse to continue my life with that kind of turd thoughts in my mind. So I that has been the biggest thing that I've done this year is yeah. I've done tons of reading about what it is to be a, high, a, a super empath, about what it is to live in the world. Instead of having this, instead of being highly empathetic and sensitive and because i've not grasped it it's a weakness i'm turning it into a strength because i'm learning how to stop myself catastrophizing to be super present because when you're in the present you're only dealing with what's happening and often what's happening is really really nice and really wonderful so i've been you know meditating but even if meditating isn't something that someone would enjoy i mean really what is meditating? It's sitting quietly with yourself. How are so, that? <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes people, I think, are put off meditating because it feels a bit like gong bath and bells and whistles. Yeah. But one of the things I've been doing is a course, um, like a manifesting course. Now, Dave, I've been meaning to do this for years, but I haven't been present enough to do it. But then when I gave up drinking, After about three months, I was just ready. So I wrote this manifesting course with my um, friend, Nat, who I know also manifests. And one of the things that we also want to do is we want to start a company called Sensitive Souls. And we want to help people. Nat and I are both training to be counsellors. We want to help people to manage their sensitivity so that it becomes this wild strength. Because in the last year, I feel like it has become this wild superpower. I now I'm starting to get to grips with and it's really been a, quite life-changing and I know that you and I are very similar in that that sensitivity and I know that you're either a trained counsellor or training
0: I trained to be a counsellor um when I was drinking which is a whole different story oh. because I think I would have gone all the way through to the end and be a qualified counsellor now but I completely messed it up through drinking when I was doing all my homework <laughs> sending off well ridiculous done, <laughs> I know, ridiculous 1,500-word essays. When I press send, it's like literally I've smashed that to, uh, to going in Thursday to college and being hauled into another room going, what the hell is this? But I've always had the interest anyway, you know, in, in how we think. I love that, how, I, you know, I kind of analyse myself yeah. like you, and you and I've got that natural sort of sixth sense of...
1: I can feel it in you, absolutely. Yeah,
0: and and so um, I trained to be a grey era drinking coach because that kind of suited how I look at most people who drink now. Mm-hmm. So I love that whole whole sort of self-work. But when you say about empathy... And also, um, you studying to be a counsellor. One of the biggest, incredible gifts is to be able to listen, right? But to listen to yourself is what I did when I gave up drinking. Was I listened to all the why's? Why am I doing this? Why did I get to the the stage I did with my drinking? Why have I let this affect my marriage so badly and all that? And I used to really sit with myself and think okay, look, there's two ways out of this. So I have a white knuckle it and probably fail, or I've really got to connect with me, my authentic self, and think, okay, let's be super positive about this, and let's change the language around what I say to myself. And, and that was stopping saying at 5 o'clock, well, I need a drink. I need to get drunk. I've had a good day, bad day, any day. I, I need this coping strategy. I need to be able to cope on my own and find the real me. And it was just after my mum had died as well. And when when she died, I was holding her hand and I saw her slip away and she was staring up and I could feel her spirit leave her in that. And it was almost like affected me in such a way that it was almost like she could see me after and was trying to give me a hand and say, Dave, I didn't know this was happening for you. I, I I knew you loved to drink but I didn't realize it was that bad. So I almost felt accountable to my mum, you know. Yeah. And and that's what's kind of kept me going with like you reading a lot, educating myself. I'm a geek for sort of all the science around yeah. this and that. And and that, that's
1: massively massively helpful. If we you know the, the the kind of language around giving up is so interesting. It it's gi- giving up is a is a. I almost yeah. don't like saying yeah, that. Yeah. What I'm what I'm doing is I'm. I mean that those were the rituals that I created yeah. when yeah. I was you know first giving up, and I still do them now. I still continue those little rituals in the evening. I love our evening ritual. I'll create a really gorgeous, lovely, smelly bath for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come in. So the bathroom is just like behind there, yeah. and then so I can see the kids. Like when I have the door open, I sit in here, which is the spare room, but I've got this lovely, like beautiful kind of setup, which is where I do my work. I sit, I have my gorgeous piano music, my candles. I write my what's happened in the day, what I'm grateful for. You know, if there's something that's worrying me, like, why am I worrying? And just kind of releasing that worry. You know, Terry, you don't need to worry about that. There's yeah. nothing you could do. Or tomorrow, why don't you call and apologize and check you didn't say. Or whatever it is, So I release that worry. And then what I want to happen tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a, a joyful day. Tomorrow is a gift. That's a big thing. I make sure I say that to myself first thing in the morning. So there's none of this getting out of bed like, oh, I can't believe I have to get out of bed. Oh, I can't be. I wake up in the morning. I think, oh, I've got another day. I'm way I've woken up and I feel good. I'm not hung over. I'm not sh- I'm not worried about what I said or did last night. Wow. Tomorrow is this magical gift and getting in touch with yourself. And so giving up is a not the right phraseology. I think also in terms of the what you say about yourself. So I wasn't I think for some people it's really useful to say, I am an addict because that is a helpful mental process. For me, I think, I hope I caught it before then. And I wanted, I didn't want that because of, especially with my dad, I didn't want that language in my life label. So I just, I was, and it wasn't even, I didn't even like saying I'm not a drinker because I also feel like not drinking for me is normal. Do you see what I mean? Like I've, I've I've created this little story in my mind I live in my own fantasy land where not drinking is the norm for me.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's not that I'm like, Oh, I'm not drinking today. Oh, I'm sober. And I agree that that language is great for other people. But for me, I just want, this is just me. And this is how life works. Actually drinking ethanol (laughs) is that that's, it should be like, I'm drinking and I'm a drinker as opposed to people who don't drink having to say something. You shouldn't yeah. have to say anything. Yeah. It's just, why is <laughs> I, I don't do crack. So, and I'm not just, I'm not, this isn't a disrespect to people who struggle with drug addiction, oh, I, I know. So I say, but I'm just using it as a comparison. You know, if you don't do crack, you just go, Oh um, yeah, I, I, I don't do crack. You know, you don't go to a dinner party and say, I'm not doing crack tonight. You know, you just not drinking. is natural yeah it's our natural state it's where we should be and I think if people have struggled with anxiety alcohol is not the solution it's working out how to live in the world as a sensitive person there's so many other ways to do it
0: yeah I mean some of the techniques that I use is um the polyvagal nerve or vagus what's that it's the nerve at the back of your head right Uh, and it goes from your neck down and and you can do all these exercises and all this and it actually you you only need to to do them for a couple of minutes and it can reset everything you know because we all we all turn to alcohol for a coping mechanism but there are so you know you say you exercise every morning i've got a pt that it's three times a week and there are days that i walk down there and i'm like and she says to me oh how are you Dave and I go oh do you know what I've got a bit of headache because I, I want her to say oh let's take it easy today then shall we she will actually make it worse for me <laughs> like she will do an hour of bloody cardio for me and I'm crawling back out of the gym like Ugh. but do you know what it makes me feel so much better after you know, and, and there's um grounding, you know, walking out in your garden in your bare feet and that there's lots of different things you can do that floats your boat. You
1: know a really, really, really easy thing that I do, and I do this 10 times a day. I think I used to live up here. You know that well, I think my energy used to be up up here, and then by the end of the day, I'm vibrating so no wonder I wanted a glass yeah. of wine to bring yeah, yeah. now. So instead of living like this. I try and exist like this
0: yeah I, this I now, get this that
1: now where I live yeah but sometimes I'll have I'll, I'll get an email that's stressful or I have an excited so I whether it's exciting or stressful I react in the same way my so what I do and actually I'm talking to you and I've taken my shoes off and my feet are on the floor so that I could stay grounded because I knew that yeah. I'd get I knew I was really excited to talk to you so I was like but just stay ground so I do this a lot I just put my hand on my chest I take a big breath in and then I take a big breath out and I move my hand just down. And when I've had a conversation with someone, or if I bump into someone in the street, I bring myself back down. So throughout the day, I exist here.
0: Yeah.
1: I am nicer. I'm calmer.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm a nicer parent. I'm a happier person. From that one gesture, from living here, it's and it's easy to not drink. It's much easier to not drink if you are not
0: full of nerves and anxiety i feel really calm now after that um, I know, my
1: therapist taught me that and i was
0: like <laughs> it's beautiful and do you know what i get with you because you're like me is you live off your adrenaline so that's why you have these huge peaks and huge troughs it's one or the other and by doing what you did there a bit of breath work a bit of like leveling yourself out grounding and that and being sort of like that <sighs> Let's do a do a five minute breath work session on here. So cheery. Breathe deeply. There we are. How are you feeling?
1: Just so much happier. <laughs> I just love it. Don't you love it? Don't you love existing here?
0: Absolutely. Right in the present.
1: And before we go, because I know you love a book. This is the book that I really
0: enjoyed reading. Oh, yeah, I've got it. You've got it. Yeah.
1: By Annie Grace, this naked mind, control alcohol. She says some quite spicy things Mm. about it. So I think it may not be for everyone, Mm. but I really liked the psychological um, aspect of it. So understanding why we drink. Now, the other one that I really like, this is hardcore. And about two years ago, when I said to my therapist, I really think that I need to stop drinking as much. She gave me this book and I hid it in a cupboard. I'm not joking. I hid it in the back of my cupboard because I was so scared because it has the word addiction on it. And I was not mm. even vaguely reading because of watching my father suffer. I was so, um, so it's this book. You can see it's been read. Um, it's oh. by a guy called Tommy Rosen. It's called Move Beyond Addiction and Upgrade Your Life.
0: Wow. Now, I haven't seen you that one. Do
1: not, you do not need to be anywhere close to alcohol addiction to get so much from this book. So I would encourage anyone, you can even put, you can put the lion, the witch in the wardrobe over it. You could put um, 50 shades of gray over it to stop yeah. yourself being embarrassed because it's yeah, better yeah. to read a sex book than to mean, This is a, this, he talks about the internal pharmacy. So we yeah. have joy. We have self-soothing. We have um elation, we have ecstaticness within us. We do not need external substances to get those highs and that joy. Mm. So that is an incredibly powerful book. It is quite hardcore at the beginning. He talks about he goes, he he was very, very deep into serious, serious addiction. But the way he talks about release, like freeing yourself is just so
0: badass so i recommend uh, that. and that works for you doesn't it because there's some people that like the science i mean one of my favorite books is yeah. here and it's um that one called drink professor oh Davis. my
1: gosh yes yeah. so he's the don isn't he yeah, I've he's don. i'm gonna get into that
0: one i was gonna get him on my podcast but when you said you'd come on he was out the window trust me so <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: much better to have cherries than nuts look at that <laughs> Excellent. I'm way sweeter.
0: <laughs> oh, that's perfect. All right. So before we go, how do you see your drinking in the next year?
1: Really interesting. I am going to monitor it. I, I never ever want it to get more than it is now. Yeah. The only way it's going is less. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm giving up this, this me. I'm never. I'm never leaving myself again. I'm staying with myself. I love finding out who I really am sometimes it's scary and sometimes the the anxiety and the nervousness and the overthinking and the catastrophizing well that's fine if I do all those things that's fine I will just work out how to not do them and that's been so it will only come down it will not go
0: up I love it I absolutely love it and it's a journey isn't it you know it is a journey and the more you find out about yourself the more you sort of Work other things out in your life, and, and maybe one day you think, Do you know what? I just don't need it, and that's the end of it. You know,
1: I d- I've definitely found that my life has got a bit more magical, and cool things happen the more present and awake I am. And I've got this post it note above the, where I work, and it says, "The braver I am, the luckier I get," and that's from a fabulous book called. Oh, god! Oh, I'm just going to get it because <laughs> if you haven't read this book you need to read this book. Everyone in the world needs to read. I think everyone in the world has read it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that book, I know, Untamed.
1: I don't think I've ever loved a book, so I couldn't read more than two pages at a time, so i just put it down and be like...
0: It's just (laughs) a fantastic book, isn't it? I'm
1: pretty sure I got that quote from Glenn when she said, the the braver I am, like giving up alcohol is very brave because you have to sit with feelings. So if you have given up
0: alcohol and you've sat with yourself... absolutely. And that was you saluting them by the way, because they couldn't see that.
1: Oh yeah, I salute you. Yeah. You decided to sit with the, sit in the shit, sit with your feelings.
0: That's, That's it. That'd be for your book. That'd be coming out soon. Sit in the shit. That will be the, <laughs> the title. <laughs> <laughs> sit in the shit by Cherry Healy. Uh, and another book that's out is this book, Sober Dave, The Memoir, which is amazing. Oh, no, I have oh it Oh, my yet. God, have you done
1: a memoir?
0: Uh, not yet, but you never know what's around the corner. Babes, I know it. <laughs> I want
1: lots of tips and tricks in it. I don't like, know all that. It'll yeah. be a
0: memoir, tips and tricks, and they get a free pair of Sober Dave pants with every purchase. <laughs> <Curtis>, so <laughs> we're laughing.
1: Can you design a really cool mug as well?
0: yeah what like the one i showed you yeah, yeah. you can't copy yeah.
1: that's copyright it'll be put in prison, day
0: <laughs> i do it similar oh
1: yeah just it's just like just tattoos
0: it. you just have to adjust a little bit and then <laughs> you're it. laughing
1: it's mine.
0: oh cherry thank you so much i absolutely love you and i, I love I, you I too i love what
1: you're doing i'm such a big fan of yours i'm cheerleading you every day
0: oh bless you thank you so much and i'm really gonna follow your journey and see how it takes you same all right. Pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much. Thank you, darling. See you later. Anytime. All right. Bye. 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 I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. One for the Road can be found on all the usual podcast platforms. And now you can subscribe to my new platform on Patreon where you can watch the live, unedited video recordings and you also get two bonus podcasts per month. The link is on my show notes. You can also find me on Instagram at soberdave. and please don't forget to subscribe and if you get a chance, please leave a review. Until then, have a great week and see you next time.